family, his in-laws, because Pastor Ashley had a death in the family this last week. So they're down there, and the service will be on Tuesday. So I encourage you, keep them in your prayers. I mean, <clears throat> his grand, or it was Pastor Ashley's grandma passed away this last Wednesday. And so she was already going through some stuff. But they went ahead, and they just went to spend some time. Thank you, sir. Spend some time with them and help them go through stuff. Obviously, everything that's involved there. Hold on one second. But they're going to be coming back this next Wednesday, so he'll be here Wednesday. But for today, you get me. So it's going to be good. I am honored to be able to come up here and minister this morning. And obviously, all you guys know, I'm Pastor Caleb. I spend most of my time on that side. <laughs> so I'm not used to these people sitting here actually paying attention with Bibles, not raising their hand going, I need to go to the bathroom. So it might be a little weird if I'm looking at you like, do you need anything? But it'll be good. So, But I hope you got your Bibles this morning. If you don't, I think we might have it up on you version. I'm not sure. So if you got a smartphone or... For Mr. Shannon, he doesn't have a smartphone because he said they're really dumb phones. And I kind of agree with him because sometimes I'm like, man, hey, you got an iPad. There you go. So you got it. There you, there you go. That works. So, But this morning we're going to be talking about a subject I got actually three months ago. It was funny because who knows? Prayer is important, right? That's how we communicate with God, and that's how he will communicate with us. So here on Wednesday mornings at 6 a.m., we have morning prayer. I'm throwing this out there. Just a little cue right there. But we have morning prayers at 6 a.m. every Wednesday morning. I was actually sitting there one Wednesday morning and I was sitting in prayer and just praying, going over the, praying for the body, praying for this nation, just doing everything like we always do. And the Lord stopped me and said, you need to write this stuff down. So, all right. so I started writing this stuff and he gave me this whole outline. I started looking at it and I was like, yeah, Lord, that's not for kids. <laughs> I said, how, how am I going to relate that to the kids? That's, that's a little bit different. He said, oh, you could. But he told me, he said, just write it down for later. I didn't know why. But it's always cool when God reveals why we do something and why he has us going back and do it. And when Pastor Mark gave me a call, and he actually gave me a heads up this time, because the first time was kind of a, hey, I'm leaving, I need you to minister, and it's nerve-wracking as all get out. I was up here shaking, about to cry, and it was horrible. But I've grown, so I'm not up here about to cry. But So whenever he called me and said, hey, I might need you to minister for me on Sunday, I was like, for real? He said, yeah, Pastor Ashley's grandma's not doing too good, so we might be out. I said, all right, that's, that's no problem. What I didn't tell him is I hung up the phone. I said, Lord, I thank you that he'll be here on Sunday and I won't have to minister. But he called me and said, hey, she did end up passing away, so I need you to minister. And the Lord said, go back in your notes. Go find your notebook. He said, that's what you got. I said, oh, okay, that's awesome. I already got a, I already got a sermon outline. This is great. So I went through and got my notes out and started restudying it again. But I want to talk about the unity of the body. Because in today's society, we have so much chaos and strife and division and all this stuff that could be stopped by just getting in unity. And obviously, we're going to look at a couple passages of scripture, but the body of Christ is his church today. That's what we're, we are his church. You don't just come to Anchor Faith Church, the building, we are the church. And we've been learning up here and about also that heaven is for real. We are the kingdom. We're the ones that bring the kingdom of God to earth right now. This is why we're here. So, for us to be the kingdom on this earth and to actually establish his kingdom here through us, we got to unite in some things. And there's so much things. I mean, you can go and look on every corner of this city here, and there's a different church. And it'll say Assembly of God. It'll say all these different things. And there's so many of them. And if you go talk to them, they say, well, we might believe this, but we don't believe this. They are, they're disjointed. There's not, things that they're not agreeing on. 
But we need to become his church because he's coming back for his church and the spotless, blameless church that is united together speaking his word. And so we're going to go through and we're going to look at uh, the unity of the body. And I could have even titled this walking unity because there's so many times that you can see people that are not walking in unity with each other. I mean, especially for married people. How many times has it been rough whenever you're not united with your spouse? I mean, united in conversations, united in things with children. I mean, when it comes down to it, those kids will play you all day long to see, are you guys united? How's it, how's it going? Because there's times even with my kids, they'll come over and, hey, Daddy, can I go do this? And I've learned. I always ask this question. What would your mama say? Because I learned very early on that if I don't ask that question, then it comes into, hey, Daddy, can I go do this? Yeah, sure, go ahead. And then all of a sudden, Chris will, Pastor Chris will come back, and she'll be like, hey, why'd you tell her you, she could go do that? So, well, what'd you tell her? I told her she couldn't. Uh, Jada, come here. What are you? And she, well, I thought if Daddy said yes, then that would be okay. Okay, so obviously there was no unity there, and it causes some strife, right? And I was going to put in here, what is the opposite of unity? And I started, there's, there's all sorts of stuff that you can come up with, but really, it comes down to stress. You always get stressed when there is no unity. And what stress actually happens if you work with any type of equipment, obviously we got Mr. Eric back there. He works with some heavy equipment. And when stress gets put on a metal, what happens to it? It breaks. And that's the biggest thing is when stress comes, it always tries to break and crumble some things. Well, how many times has the church been not in unity and the stress has come and we see churches leaving all the time? Whenever pressure comes, they can't stand it because they're not united with the one who's created it. So we want to be united with the one who is actually part of this whole thing. I mean, he created the heavens and the earth in the very beginning. So he has a plan for each one of us. And we all have a part to play. But I thought it was cool when I was studying this out. The definition of unity is the condition of being one, whole and complete. And this one popped out. and I was like, ooh, this is great. It's the combining or joining of a separate thing or entities to form one. So what it's showing is it's showing this picture of taking multiple things and putting it together to become one thing. And my background, what I used to do back in Oklahoma is I worked on cars. And that was the biggest thing that I always did. But that always pops up when I think of something being in unity is taking a bunch of stuff. I mean, these automotive companies, they have warehouses full of just random parts. But yet they have a plan and they have a design that they take them all together bolt them all in its place and its fit, put them all together, and they can unite them all into one thing called a car, and that car serves a purpose for somebody who ever goes and buys it. But they take all these different things and they put them all together. Well, how much more as a church should we take each individual one of us and find the fit, put them in together, and be united to be able to accomplish the purpose that God has for us? Because it takes every one of us, and even Pastor Mark has said it multiple times, and we'll continue to say it, is that the vision is way bigger than all of us, but it requires every one of us. Because we all have a part to play. Each one of us has a purpose, a gift, and an assignment that God has placed here for us that without you, that part might be missing. But that's the biggest thing, is we want to realize that unity is important. But if you got your Bibles, we're going to turn over to Genesis chapter 11. We're going to start all the way at the very beginning. This story, if you're in Kingdom Institute, I think Lisa's the only one. No, Lisa and Nikki. Hi. How are you guys? You get to hear the story again. But this is, this is becoming one of my favorite stories. And it's actually the story of the Tower of Babel. Just to give you a little background, this is after the flood. 
Floods already happened. God's wiped it all off. Noah's off the ark. They go on to build the city, recreate, replenish, supply, all that stuff. And so this is later on, and this is after a man named Nimrod shows up in Genesis chapter 10. And Nimrod was actually the first guy where it's mentioned the word kingdom in the Bible. And it says that Nimrod set up his kingdom. So he's already establishing something that God wants for the rest of it. But Nimrod was a little bit different. He wasn't one that was like Noah of a man pleaser. Nimrod was actually called the mighty hunter. But we're going to fast forward to chapter 11 where we're at right now. And it's going to be verses 1 through 9. I'm going to read this passage. But it says, Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Sinar, and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, Come, let us make bricks and, make, and bake them thoroughly. They had bricks for the stone, and they had asphalt for mortar. So they're building up some stuff. And they're wanting to create a new town, new city. And it says in verse 4, it says, And they said, uh, Come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. And let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the earth. So they're already coming together, and they have this agenda. They're united together, and they said, Let us make a name for ourselves. Let us make a tower that goes all the way up to heaven, reaches the heavens, and we'll establish our own place. Because we want to be together. Because they know the result is, if not, we're going to get scattered abroad and it's going to be bad. So we go to verse 5. And it says, But the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the sons of men had built. Verse 6 is very crucial. It says, And the Lord said, Indeed, the people are one. And they all have one language. And this is what they began to do. Now nothing that they purpose to do will be withheld from them. So God actually comes down and sees the work that they're building. Man himself is building up a tower to have his own name established. So God gets his attention from that. He goes, ooh, I'm going to go down and check this out. And he realizes they're so united, whatever they do, nothing will be impossible for them. They'll accomplish whatever they want to do. So then he goes on to say in verse 7, it says, Come, let us go down. And there confuse their language that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad. Remember what they were saying. Let us build and establish our name so that way we don't get scattered. So the Lord says, no, we've got to scatter this. And we'll go back and see why. But it says the Lord scattered them abroad and from there over the face of all the earth. And they ceased building the city. Therefore, the name is called Babel because there the Lord confused the languages of all the earth. And from there the Lord scattered abroad over the face of all the earth. So the New Living Translation also says that God saw the people were united speaking the same language. They were speaking the same thing, doing the same thing, and they were united together on this work. But a lot of people always have this question of why did God have to do that? Well, obviously we know sin entered the earth with Adam and Eve, and he tried to wipe it all off. But as we go, God has this continual thing he has to deal with, is sin constantly coming in. And if you go and read Judges Dear Lord, you're sitting there going, when are they going to get this right? I mean, they judged and ruled over the people, did it right, and then they died. And then this person rose up, and they died, and they did it wrong. And these people followed after Baals. And, I mean, it's horrible. But God's always having to deal with this sin. And these people, when they were saying, let us build a city and establish this tower so we can make a name for ourselves, they were getting that selfish spirit again. Just the same spirit that what Adam and Eve dealt with, that was coming to them. And actually, the biblical scholars believe that this was actually a tower of rebellion. 
that whenever they were creating this thing, they actually were doing it to test God and say, Lord, try to flood the earth again. We'll have a tower so high that we'll be able to withstand anything. So they were building this out of rebellion. That's what got God's attention as he went down and he realized, man, they're all speaking the same thing, working together for the same cause. They're going to accomplish what they're sent out to do. I've got to change this. And so he scattered them, and their biggest fear of being scattered and thrown all the way across the earth happened because they were out of rebellion. And they were trying to establish their own name and try to set up their own kingdom, which we already know happened a long time ago when Satan showed up and said, hey, I want to put my throne above your throne. I want to do this. I will do this. I will do this. And then all of a sudden we have Jesus' account and said, I saw Satan fall like lightning because he got that spirit of selfishness in him to rise himself up. He wanted to set that standard for himself to say, I want to be higher than God. But whenever we're going back through this passage, nothing they set their mind to do, would it wouldn't fail. And that always blew me away sitting there going, man, how in the world can a, a nation of people speak the same language, doing the same thing, and God look down and say, nothing's impossible for them? And it's out of rebellion. It's not even for righteous gain. It's out of rebellion of we want to build something that will test God to say, God, try to flood the earth again. But my biggest thing, too, is going back and looking at it, God made Moses a promise, or Noah a promise. He said, I will never flood the earth again. So I'm wondering, where did that get lost? But I'm thinking the way their hearts were set, they probably weren't following after God that much at all. But so God looked down. He said, I got to change this. I got to scatter it all back. And I got to get rid of this. But then also I want you to flip again. Let's talk about today's church. How much more would it look like? And would we even get God's attention on the work that we're doing here? is could we get God to acknowledge what we're doing and come down and want to check it out? Because if they're doing something out of rebellion, that they want to build it all up, how much more could we get God's attention here to be a body speaking the same thing, chasing after the same vision, doing our purpose, our assignment, our fit, to serve him, to see his kingdom advance more and more? How much more would that look like? Because I think, honestly, here at Anchor Faith Church, I think we're getting his attention. And I know we are because we're growing. We're continuing to see growth and we're being able to impact this city and we're going to continue to see the vision accomplished of ignite the city, impact the nation, and influence the world. We're seeing that done and we know that God's recognizing that. But when it comes down to what are we speaking, that comes back to the word. We can only speak God's word. And that's where with unity, the biggest thing that will hinder unity is selfishness. You cannot have selfishness and want to be united with something else. That's why when you become husband and wife, you are saying, I'm setting aside myself to now serve you. And you become one flesh. You're not two individuals with your own plans, your own agendas, but you become one flesh in marriage. So that way you're united in this covenant with God. And so when it comes down to it, we know that whenever we try to get our own plans, our own desires, and our own things going in the marriage, it puts a lot of stress on it. I mean, that's very simple. It happens to everybody. But when we actually sit down and be united with it, it'll be able to flourish, grow, and nothing can be impossible for what we do. But for us to do this, we have to walk in unity every day. And we have to walk in unity with everyone we're around. And I love in Ephesians what it talks about walking in unity. So we're going to go look over in Ephesians chapter 4 
We're going to spend the rest of our time, because I only have two passages of Scripture. That's all I got. But it'll be good. So we're going to pull some stuff out of here. But we're going to go look in Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 1 through 16. I think Jimmy's got it back there. But we're going to start in verse number 1. It says, I, therefore, a prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling in which you were called. Verse 2. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love. How many know it can sometimes be hard to bear with one another in love? I mean, there's sometimes where some people will push your button so mad, and it's like, man, I would love to punch you in the face right now, but I can't because God tells me to turn the other cheek. But maybe you should turn the other cheek, and I'll punch that one too. Maybe not. But we want to be able to operate in a way that is pleasing to God. But in this, verse number three, it says, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. So there we see the word unity again is we want to see something come into completion. We want something be whole, be put together. And it's just like our bodies. If you have a disjoint or something dislocated, it causes a lot of pain. But you don't think too much about your body when everything's operating right. And this is what I love about the church, too, is Mr. Jimmy back there. He's our sound guy. I love it because when everything goes smooth, no one notices anything. But the moment something messes up, the TV's shut off, the wrong slide goes back, everyone's natural reaction is to go and turn around and look back there. And I've been back in his shoes before when Pastor Mark's like, hey, let's go to the next verse. I'm back there going, there's no next verse. How do I do this? What am I doing? And all of a sudden, he's like, next verse. Anytime. Next verse. Do we have a next verse? And I'm like, I don't know. I have nothing. I have nothing back here. But the moment something changes, we notice it. And the thing about it is, that's been happening to God's church for a long time. Little things have been getting changed, but the biggest problem is, us as believers have noticed it, but just pushed it off. And just said, well... They're doing that, but I, and it's something in our spirit man has been telling us, no, that's not it. But here at Anchor Faith Church, we're endeavoring to get back to the original intent of get back to what Jesus preached. And I love talking about that because when Jesus was on this earth, he didn't preach, be born again. He did that one time with a man named Nicodemus early in the morning or late at night, whichever one you call it. But He preached the kingdom of God. His very first message over in Matthew 4 was repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And I love talking to other ministers and they say, well, man, it's awesome. We just preach what Jesus preached. What did he preach? He preached repent and salvation and turn and you won't go to hell. What Bible do you have? That's not what my Bible says. And so there's been multiple conversations, but we endeavor to get back because so many times we've had these skewed views I mean, the biggest one I've realized here in Valdosta and in Georgia and even down the south is the Holy Spirit. And I love this one minister back in Oklahoma. He's doing this series called, and Pastor Mark actually had talked about it. It was called The God I Never Knew. Because obviously the God is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And he said so many times people want to know God the Father, God the Son, But they're so confused about the Holy Spirit, they don't want to know anything about it. He said, the biggest thing is in order to get clarity, you have to learn something. So whenever we're talking about getting this unity, we have to know what the Word says. And that requires us to not just be a casual reader. 
we have to be a studier ourselves. So it's not just I come on Sundays or I come Sunday and Wednesday, but it's God wants to spend time with you to reveal to you his truth Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then on Sunday when you come here too. And that's why when we become students, we'll become more like Jesus. And we just spent a whole series this last month talking about let your light shine. And we talked about don't be afraid of the dark because the light in us is so much more powerful than any darkness out there that we're supposed to shine bright. But obviously, we're not ignorant. We know what the devil's trying to do, and he's trying to cause chaos, get things disjointed, get things out of place. And that's his main goal. He comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But God wants to come and restore some stuff. And so we, as the body, are here for such a time as that. And that's what I encourage those kids. You know what? Don't be shy when you're in school. And whenever your friend's crying and the Holy Spirit's speaking to you, because I don't know if you guys know this, but God's speaking to our kids all the time. I mean, Jada will come over to me and talk to me about stuff, and I'm like, what? What did you just say? And she's like, and she'll tell me something. I'm like, man, that's straight from God. I need to hear that today. Thank you for telling me that. Because God wants to speak through them too. I told him, you know what? Be bold about it. It's, it we're done being calm and quiet and just, I go to church. Yeah, 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 that's about it. Yep. No, I said, be bold about it. Say, you know what? My God loves me, and my God loves you too. And I said, you know, who's ever seen a kid crying in school before? And all those kids raise their hand. We have. I said, the next time you see that, and if God tells you, go give them a hug and tell them that God loves them. I said, be bold to do that. I said, because you will change their lives. I said, you will impact them so strong that they'll want to know who's God and who do you, where do you go to church? What is going on? I said, and they'll start asking questions because when people become curious, they want to know the answers and we have it. That's why I love singing that song, um, Heaven to Earth, because we have the answer for what man's looking for. And that's the kingdom. That's always been the answer. But anyway, sidetrack there. Let's go over to Ephesians chapter four. It's good. I mean, it's powerful to see what God's doing here and through us on this earth right now and in this day and age. Because you know what? Like Pastor Mark says all the time and heard other ministers say, it's been said a long time that we are living in the last days, in the last of the last days. But honestly, it's the truth. We are the closest ones to Jesus coming back than there ever has been because we're still living today. And we'll be living tomorrow and continue on until the Lord finally comes. And so we have to be that light. It's no longer a time where we can say, ah, somebody else will handle that. They, they got that. Lord, use somebody else. No, if God's wanting to use you, it's an honor and a privilege that he chose us. Because, I mean, we're literally just man. I mean, he created us, but we're men. We all, men and women, we have problems and everything else. But when God says, hey, go do this, we unite with his purpose and his vision, and we can go and accomplish that thing because he can't do anything on this earth without us. That's where this whole unity comes into play is because we have to be united with God in order to see unite, be united in this earth. Because without God, what are we doing? I mean, we're not doing anything. But the biggest thing is we have to get united with God first and us to be united in the church because we are the church. So let's look at Ephesians chapter 4. And we left off in verse number 3. It says, <clears throat> verse 4, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called into one hope, of your, or in one hope of your calling. It says, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in all. So it's laying this out that there is 
one God, one spirit, one baptism. And he's laying this all out for us, saying, listen, there might come multiple people say, no, there's different ways, but there's really only one way. There's one God, one spirit, one baptism, and the father of all that we know that is the heavenly father. And so when we go through this and we start looking, it becomes more clear that even though some other denominations might believe some things, obviously we all believe the same thing when it comes down to it. We believe the Bible. If they choose to pick out some different stuff, we believe this. And no one's going to change my mind off of what this says. And I'm not going to take some pastor's word over what this says. Because if it doesn't line up with this and the Holy Spirit who speaks through me and actually reveals this to myself doesn't line up with that, guess what? I'm not going to believe that because there's only one Spirit. And that Holy Spirit's going to guide us through this and it's going to reveal more and more things as we continue to grow and as we develop. And the biggest thing I love is that when we're hungry and we thirst after righteousness, we will be filled. And so when we actually become hungry and say, Lord, I want to know more about you. And when we're singing those songs, I want more. That needs to be our cry every day of, Lord, I want more. I've come to this level, but I don't want to stay here. I want to go to the next level. Lord, I want to go deeper in the things of you. I want to know more about who you are so that way I can show the rest of this world who you are. And with the kids, we always tell them, you are Jesus on this earth today. Because Jesus isn't walking around again, but he's using each one of us to do his work right now. I said, so be that light. And I... I, It's sad, but in today's society, church isn't a priority. And that's where we see so much disjoining and disunity of things because priorities are all messed up. And whenever we're going through and we're looking at stuff, there was a kid back in Oklahoma that he was on the bus and his friends were talking about Jesus. And he got off the bus and said, Dad, who's Jesus? He had no idea. And he was nine years old. And it's come to that point now where we have to join together and we have to be united together and not have that strive for that division and the stress that comes from the devil and from this world. But we have to be able to trust with God and say, Lord, what do you want done on this earth? What, do, what is my part to play? What do I need to do to be able to accomplish what you have for us? And especially because it's not about me. And the moment that we lose ourselves, we'll gain everything. And whenever it comes down to it, so many people will hear that and they're like, man, what? I said, the moment that you lose yourself, you will gain everything. And that's whenever we finally get rid of that selfishness and we put aside and say, no, I'm going to become selfless. And that whatever is required, whatever it takes, I'm going to do it. God, if you want me to stay up until 3 o'clock in the morning praying, I'll do it. Because when we do that, we're serving someone else, our gift. We're serving somebody else, and we're showing them what God truly is. Because especially, I mean, Miss Merton knows this, but when it comes to teaching children, they want to know, are you the real deal? Because they're not going to trust you until they finally figure out who you really are. And that's why with these kids over here, we tell them all the time, they're going to fall in love with God after they fall in love with you. Because they want to know, are you the real deal? Are you who you say you are? Do you actually do what you say that God does? So they're going to fall in love with the teacher before they fall in love with the teacher's God. And that's why I always encourage our children's workers to, you know what? Be Jesus in that classroom. I mean, love on those children because we don't know where some of them come from. And we only have them for a couple hours. So show them and minister life to them those couple hours that we have because we don't know what hell they're about to walk back into when they leave these doors. 
And so we want to be able to minister life and be able to be united together because over there, I love all my children's workers. Love you all. Thank you so much because we're, we are united to do the same purpose, same cause, to minister life to these kids. I mean, every one of them is a precious gift that God has given, obviously, but they have a spirit man that can be fed. We're not babysitting. We're never going to babysit. I mean, obviously, outside of church, but Sunday and Wednesday, we're going to teach the word even all the way down to the babies. They're learning about the third day of creation today. And they get to play in this little sandbox with all the little animals and everything else to help them realize that God created everything and loves them more than all the stuff that he made, that they are his prized creation, and that they're his masterpiece. And that's what we get to pour out into them. And it only takes one or two people to not be united with that to cause some strife and to be able to say, man, I want to do this. I want to minister to these kids. And when there's no unity, you can see it. You can see it in the kids. I mean, those kids will read you like a book, and they will run rampant in that classroom so fast if they read that you're not there. You're not connected. You're not in one wholeness. You're not in there. And they'll be like, oh, <laughs> this is our day today. We're running this classroom. And they will. They will run it. I mean, it's amazing how these kids understand. You walk in, and your face will show it all, and they're like, oh, yeah. Here we go. We get to do what we want today. And it's like, no, no, no. Anyway, let's get back to keep on reading. We're going to go to verse 7. I'm going to read this, and then we'll be wrapping it up. But it says, But to each one of us grace has been given according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. <coughs> Excuse me. It says, now this is in accordance. Uh, what does it? Or the, Pardon me. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? It says, he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And whenever we see that word fill all things, it goes back to completion, wholeness, putting it all together. Jesus is doing this to make it all complete in one, joining things together that were separate. It says, and he said, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried away by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, and by the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. But speaking the truth in love may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, for whom the body, the whole body, joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. And so when we're reading about those apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists, all those, those are the fivefold ministry. And God says that he gave gifts to men. And I don't know about you, but we have an awesome gift as a pastor. Pastor Mark is a phenomenal pastor that, I mean, I've served under him since 2009, and it's been an absolute honor to be able to serve under him. And he's pulled so many gifts out of me with the help of the Holy Spirit that I'm like, I, I didn't know that I was there. But hey, that's awesome. And that's his deal. Is He's there to help equip us 
to actually be united for his work. Because it says down there in verse, let's go to 12. It says, For the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So when we're talking about that, the pastor's job is there to help bring the unity. But he can only do that so far because the rest is up to us. When Pastor Mark gets up here, he only has a couple hours with you guys. I mean, it's, it's almost the same thing as the children's side. He's only got a couple hours to sit there and pour out all that God has told him all throughout the week or even the months before or whenever he's got these series. He wants to give you all that God has been speaking to them to help equip you for what you're doing. Because obviously we know not everyone is called to this five-fold ministry of being the pastor, the teacher, the prophet, evangelist. We need people out in the workforce. I mean, there's only so much influence you can do inside the church. you got to get out. And that's where when we are the body and we're united with this thing, we get to do our part in places that I might never see, my wife might never see, Pastor Mark might never ever go there, but you guys have these little spheres of influence, your little world that you get to impact every day and you get to be united with what God's doing here. Because God has the same purpose, same assignment, is to see his kingdom come and his will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. And it takes every one of us. That's why when Pastor Mark said he was doing that series on heaven is for real, and if you missed any of them, they're all online, and I encourage you, go back and listen to them. Because they were some good fundamental teaching in realizing that we're not called to heaven just yet. We'll go there one day. But our purpose is right here for right now. This is why we're here. Is when Jesus even prayed and he said, Father, let him stay. Don't take him out of this world, but protect him from the evil one. He wasn't saying, Father, let's just let's wrap this all up. Just take us all, let's we're done. No, we have a purpose still right here, right now. And so and today I hope you could understand that when we become unified and we have this unity together, we can accomplish more. Because if we become separate, we have our own agendas, our own things, even in our personal lives. When we become united with God, nothing will be impossible for us. There will be nothing that can stand against us. Those problems that you're facing all throughout the last year, whenever, those are nothing when you get united with God. Those cannot stop you. They can't hinder your flow of what you have going on. I mean, my dad, he's got a testimony like crazy testimony now. And my parents both have. And my dad went through, man, it was, it was a lot. We'll just sum up the story really quick. He had cancer, diagnosed with kidney failure, um, back problems. His back actually broke in like three different places. And then blood problems. But the biggest thing is this happened for like past four years. And they actually put him on dialysis and said, Mr. Clay, you'll probably never get off of dialysis. And he walked in there united with what God had already told him of he's healed by him stripes. I've already healed you. And so he walked in there united with somebody different than what the doctor was saying. He said, nope, I won't see you. I'll be leaving soon. And so every time he went into this dialysis place, he would tell all those nurses, I won't be here much longer. You'll see me. God's got a new kidney for me. He's going to restore things. I won't see you. And so they said, well, Mr. Clay, we'll see about that. But he was united with the one God, 
the one spirit, the one heavenly father. And whenever he went back through 44 weeks later, 44 weeks is quite a long time, but he stayed with it and he stayed united. And then finally he got what he had been speaking for. And they said, Mr. Clay, you don't have to go in today, but we want to see you next Tuesday. He goes, no, you won't see me Tuesday. I won't be in. I said, well, we'll see about that. Sure enough, he goes back in. All the blood tests start coming back greater and better. Those numbers that we've been believing for start going back to where they're supposed to be at. And so he finally actually went back for a visit. Walked in there, walked to those nurses and said, hey, everybody, remember me? Told you I wasn't going to be here forever. And they were all amazed. And I said, Mr. Clay, from day one, you were saying, I'm not going to be here much longer. He said, you're right, because I was united with the person who told me that I'm healed. And so he got to lay out this whole testimony for them. He just went to Disney this last week, walked six miles a day. Oh, and he even had open heart surgery too, like quadruple bypass. It's craziness. But he went to Disney and walked six miles a day, never had to rest, never had to get a wheelchair, all this stuff. And you can just see God restoring this stuff because he stayed united with him. So as we continue to stay united with God, nothing is impossible. I mean, those reports that we get from these evil reports, guess what? That's nothing for God. It's absolutely nothing for him to handle. And whenever we're going through and we're having problems with our kids, when we stay united with God, nothing will be able to hinder us. Nothing will stop that relationship and that growth because we know kids can be hard-headed sometimes. And, I mean, they can have some times where it's like, are you understanding anything I have told you? But when we stay connected and we stay on the course and we stay with God and we do what God has told us to do of raising our children the way they should go that when they're old they won't depart from it it won't be any other way because if God has told us to do it and we stay united with him nothing will be impossible so but wrapping up obviously thank you guys last month for the pastor appreciation we were able to bless Pastor Mark and Ashley with a great basket And I just wanted to tell you guys from the bottom of our hearts, thank you so much for being able to help. And also, thank you guys for blessing us, too, on the children's side. It was awesome. But the biggest thing is we're united in this. We're united in this call for this vision and for this time. Because there's no greater time to be in this earth besides right now. I mean, we get to see God do so many awesome things, but he wants to continue to do more and more through us, through each individual one of you guys. He wants to be able to let... You go and heal the sick. He said, I'm giving you this power, this authority. You just have to stay connected with me. You have to be in oneness with me. And that takes us spending time with him, finding out, Lord, what what do you have me to do today? So I encourage you, as we go through this week and as we go through this month, and we're wrapping up the end of the year because we're almost done. It is crazy. I look at this and I'm like, it's November. Oh, my gosh. We're almost done with this whole year. We've gone a whole nother year and seen awesome things that God's done, but he's not done yet. And that's why here at Anchor Faith Church, we say the best is yet to come because God always wants to do something bigger and greater through us every day. So I encourage you this week, before you even start your morning, spend some time with him. Talk to God and find out, Lord, if there's any opportunity for me to advance your kingdom today, let me do it. If there's, if there's something you want to tell one of my coworkers, Give me it. I'll tell them. Have that boldness in you to be able to stand up because we're united in this together with God. That's why it's so easy to be able to go and do our assignments because we know God's with us. So if God's with us, who can stand against us? 
And it's just becoming more clear and clear that the closer we get with God, the less this world's got hold on us. The less things that God, the world can pull us down and entangle us in these little sins and weights that slow us down. We want to get so close with God that we can do whatever is necessary for whatever time. So spend some time with God this week and just be able to ask him, say, Lord, what do you want done? What do you need me to do? Is there a coworker that needs to be ministered to? Is there somebody that needs gas? Is there somebody because when we lose that selfish spirit of it's all about me, 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 and my needs and my things, when we lose that, God gets the glory every time. And it's all about the things that we give God back the glory and say, no, it's not about me. It's about God. God told me to do this. God wants to bless you today. You know what? I want to buy your lunch because God told me to. And just be sensitive to what God's doing because he's speaking all the time. But are we taking the time to actually listen? So to be united with him, we have to have that communication, just like husband and wife. We have to spend that time talking and saying, all right, let's communicate. Let's be on the same page. Well, we want to be on the same page with God every day so that way we can see his kingdom advance in this earth. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Father, for this day. Lord, we honor you and we thank you for this word that I thank you, Father, that this word will go forth and be able to minister life to all those that hear and that minister life to these people here in this church today. Father, we thank you, Lord, for unity of the body, that we will not have any strife or division, but, Father, we will continue to grow up in the things of you and continue to learn more and more and have this hunger and desire to see your will be done on this earth through us, Father. We want to be your vessel of honor that you use constantly, Father. Not one to just hoard it all up and just keep all the blessings for ourselves, but we want to be able to pour back out into other people to see them blessed and see their lives change. Because, Father, you've done so much for us, and we could take some time all day today and realize how faithful you have been and see how faithful that you are continually just blessing us and serving us, that, Lord, we have to serve you. But, Lord, we want to be able to spend our life, and when we look back say, man, I laid it all out and did everything that God told me to do. And look what God has done. Look what God has accomplished through this. And that, Lord, that we want to be your hands and your feet in this earth today. That, Father, we want to be your voice peace. That, Lord, let us speak out boldly. Let us not be timid about the things of you. But, Lord, let us speak with boldness and power to be able to see your kingdom come on this earth. Father, we worship you and we honor you today. And in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, Amen.